Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. If you're new here, a very warm welcome and I'm super excited to have you join the crew. If you're a return listener, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. As always, if anything in this episode resonates with you, I'd really appreciate if you could share that on your Instagram stories or Facebook or wherever you're on socials. It means the most to me to be able to get this podcast out and reach the ears of more women who love lifting and really want to build a body that they're proud of. So before we get into this episode, I did have one announcement. On the 26th of September, I am going to be releasing a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's a very, very big launch. It's across all of the wings of the business. There are a lot of moving parts and I'm incredibly excited about it. If you want to stay up to date and make sure you're on top of everything that's happening as well, uh, head to the at Amy Louise coaching Instagram page, hit the link in my bio and then scroll down and you'll see where you can jump in on the newsletter. I promise you it's not a spammy newsletter. I give a a monthly update on all the things that are coming out. So like all of the education pieces, any courses, any paid openings to work with me. So the free stuff and paid stuff. I let you know everything that's happening for the month so you can look ahead, plan ahead, um, you know, put any live sessions into your diary so you don't miss them, know when uh, availability is opening up to work with me, all of those kinds of things. But the 26, write in your diaries, it's going to be huge. It's enormous. So let's get into this week's episode. I wanted to talk about the three biggest mistakes women make in building their dream physique. Now, I have done iterations of this before, not in a podcast, but in like Instagram captions where I've spoken specifically in terms of really, I guess, training mistakes or nutrition mistakes. And what I wanted to do this time is take more of an overview approach because I totally understand that we need to identify the tools or methods that we're employing incorrectly. So for example, things like protein intake, things like, um, you know, training session success or how hard are you training and just a whole lot of myths that we're still engaging in. I think that's incredibly important. That's why I've written content on that before. But I think what is really important is that we zoom out for a bit and we have a look at the overarching principles. We have a look at the overarching mindsets or viewpoints that are really leading us to make certain decisions and use tools certain ways, which can hinder our performance long-term. And if anyone has read Atomic Habits, you'll know in there, he talks about a scenario where it's like, you know, a plane, airplane flight path being one degree different 
and how that compounds and accumulates year after year. And it's like if you're going down one track because you believe a certain set of things to be true and it's not, we're going to end up in a vastly different place than if we were on the right track for starters. So so I do think it's very important that I provide information on specific tools like training and nutrition. And next week, the podcast I have lined up for you is going to be a rant on how do you know if you're training hard enough or you're probably not training hard enough. So I'm definitely going to be going into that more micro route for sure. But just with today's episode, I really wanted to talk about the three ways of, I guess, viewing things in an overarching perspective that are really screwing you up. And each of these three three things are mistakes that I have made as well on my journey. And it's like, if, you know, I've had a great run the last six years in terms of my physique and my training, and it's ridiculous now that I've set myself up in such a position where any kind of physique change is very, very smooth. And it, you know, it took me what, you know, 29 years to get there in the first place. And it has taken effort and work and education and all of those sorts of things. So it wasn't like an easy ride or it wasn't like that there wasn't a lot of effort that I needed to put into this. But there is a stage where you can get where it's not like you're going to continually need to put effort into the gym and nutrition and all of those sorts of things. But in terms of it being a resistance piece, it's not there anymore because we we have this understanding of these three things. So I'm not going to keep talking about the intro. We're just going to get into it. I'm hoping this is a shorter episode than usual as well. So the first one is failing to appreciate the kind of work that will be required for the physique goals that you want and believing that your intention or your efforts will get you the results no matter what you're doing. And unfortunately, this is really, really misguided. So I do understand this from multiple perspectives. So for a beginner who might want to shape up or I don't know, whatever words you want to use like tone or or whatnot, I get that having potentially a low level of understanding about what we need to do, we're probably going to gravitate towards things that we enjoy or things that are fun or things that we know. So for example, in my journey, this this looked like running because that was all I really understood. That's all I really knew what to do. And I wanted to be leaner and I thought, well, running is expending energy. So that might be the thing, right? And I spent many hours, like ran a marathon, the Great Ocean Road Marathon, if anyone knows that. I'm like, I'm not a runner, right? But I did that thinking it was going to help me get towards my goals, right? Completely misguided in the fact that the physique I wanted was, you know, yeah, she was lean, but also there was muscle mass involved that I needed to build. I just didn't know anything about training in the gym at that point in time, right? So the other part to this can be a little bit of a pendulum swing after burnout that happens so it's like someone may have engaged whether they've used a personal trainer or they've done it on their by themselves but they've engaged in a way of training that they haven't been able to sustain and it potentially caused them a lot of problems you know maybe even like amenorrhea maybe some really bad disordered eating or body image issues or there's a whole bunch of things that might have happened as a result of engaging in training in a particular way And what happens then is we, again, we pendulum swing and we write off all 
of like, you know, weight training or lifting in a certain way or following structured programming as like basically like the devil because it's, you know, it has caused all these problems for me. And we completely backswing and then we end up five years down the track still really unhappy because, you know, we thought we were going to land in this like panacea of, you know, ease and flow and, you know, achieve the physique results we want without needing to do the kind of work that it takes. I get both of these. I've done both of them, right? But we just have to be very logical and rational about if we do want a specific physique result, whether that is getting a bit leaner, whether it's gaining body fat, whether it's gaining muscle mass, whether it's gaining strength, whatever it might be, like improving technique. Now I'm sort of not talking about physique, but like especially with muscle mass and and maybe getting leaner, right? If that's something that we want to do, we have to understand that there is an efficient path to take towards those goals. Um, specifically with building muscle, like there are, there's overarching principles we must stick to and we can't get away from the fact that that includes consistent, fairly repetitive and boring weight training over long periods of time. And in order to sustain that, we have to sustain the kind of that kind of training, which I get it. If you burn yourself out by turning dial up to a thousand, I can get just wanting to push away from that altogether and doing things that are more fun and social. And there's nothing wrong with that. The issue becomes when we're trying to get a certain physique result that requires consistent, pretty boring training year after year, right? And we're we're trying to get away from that because we've had a bad experience, okay? So I'll just give you some examples as well. Something like, you know, thinking that, you know, you want to look maybe like, not, not a bikini competitor necessarily, but maybe like a bikini competitor in off season, which is, uh, you know, we... Uh, general population is not going to be able to maintain anything close to a stage look year round. Competitors can't even maintain what their look is on stage year round. There are some people who like to um, do certain things, uh, use certain photos to make it give off the impression that they are. But trust me, unless you are, I would say, a very specific type of person, not really worrying about your health so much and probably not even probably let's not sugarcoat it and assisted it's just not going to be the reality and we need to accept that and appreciate that uh, but it's it is to say that something like you know even engaging in you know, training intensity so reps in reserve making sure you're training within a few reps of failing movements and I see kind of backlash against this you know online and again I get it I've had my I've my pendulum has swung as well I've been burnt out by these kinds of things not by like RIR training specifically but by thinking that I needed to do six or seven days of you know 30 sets a session to get the result that I wanted absolutely you do, do not right like you don't but if we get burnt out then we can start to really push away all of these just evidence-based principles that we need to engage in to get the results so for example you know training with effort or intensity consistently month in month out year after year it's going to get a specific result and we can complain about that all we want we can call it uh, names we can say it's leading to burnout but it's it doesn't have to if you abuse the process and don't pay attention to your recovery and you're not eating enough food year round, you will burn out. It's not, you know, it's not the principles of hypertrophy's fault that you've burnt out, right? It's your fault. And I don't mean that in a, you're a bad person. I mean that in terms of this is what you've, you've engaged in. And again, like I said, this is me too. 
I have done things that really pushed me to the edge because I was trying to achieve a physique result that was really, well, I thought it was going to change my life (laughs) and didn't realize that that wasn't the key to success. So when I say it's your fault, please don't take that for me to uh, be shaming or guilting anyone or saying you're a good or a bad person because I've done these things too. I've made these mistakes. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say these are these are mistakes and it has nothing to do with you being a good or a bad person or any of those kinds of things. So please hear me on that. But unfortunately, we can get upset about this because of our past experiences and not acknowledge that, well, you know, we do want to build muscle. We do want to build strength. We do want to engage in, in these um, achievements over time. We have to follow this, this structure. We have to follow these evidence-based principles. And, you know, even like programming is one of them, just like I said before, cons- engaging in consistent weights training programming, right? If we don't and we want to explore other things, that is totally fine that's fine. But we do have to understand then that it will impact on our muscle mass. It will have an impact on our strength. It will have an impact on our physique. And if we're cool with that, it's totally fine. What I am saying is though with these pendulum swings and what's what's often happening is we burn ourselves out and then make everything, everything, even the principles wrong when it was just that how we were engaging with it wasn't the best choice to ensure sustainability long term okay this also comes with just getting engaged in fads so just say you follow someone who you really look up to and maybe they're doing like powerlifting for a point of time and you get really excited and you get into powerlifting because you're looking up to this person and then all of a sudden they decide to make a change and go go towards bodybuilding or netball or i don't know whatever or pilates and you jump on the bandwagon too constantly chasing well if this person isn't happy doing this or whatever then i need to as well and you're just failing to really turn inwards and ask yourself what do you want so fads can happen in all different ways it can happen with training fads it can happen with nutrition it can happen in multiple different ways but you've got to ask yourself like what is the result that i want if i want to get strong and get really good at one rms i'm going to do powerlifting or powerlifting style training and not compete if i want to build muscle get lean you know body recomp over years and years and years then i'm going to need to engage in more of a more of a competitive lifestyle right so obviously not um not competing or anything like that that's not a prerequisite and it's just it's the same thoughts of like powerlifting as well right so what am i talking about i'm talking about again just programming focused mostly on hypertrophy results there's obviously going to be blocks of strength in there as well it's going to ask that you eat a certain way as well okay and like i said if we want the results we can't bitch and moan about the processes it it requires us to take we have to understand these processes are the prerequisites okay and i do a lot of work with women in terms of helping them see that they don't need to be as rigid and and this is actually going to be one of the points but it is important when you're listening to me say this you're not hearing me saying that i'm speaking about rigidity i'm i'm talking about you know training six days a week because i'm absolutely not that's not what i'm talking about it's taking the time to understand and educate yourself on what the bare minimums are and myself and I would like to say the best coaches around the world work through minimums we actually work through minimums 
almost what is the minimum effective dose we can get someone to get a result. And why is this important? Because of the levels of stress that are required to get results. Now, if we are looking at athletes, so whether it's competitors or powerlifters or whatever it might be, their minimum to get the, you know, 0.1% results in the world is going to be a lot for, you know, even for us. Okay. So don't mistake me saying minimum for like laziness or inefficiency or any of those sorts of things. What I'm saying is we need to, we're constantly playing around with fatigue recovery as coaches, as trainers, as athletes, or as, you know, general population clients, the lifestyle clients and you know I fit into the lifestyle client most of the time as well so I fit into that category as well but it's really making sure that we're getting the results we want without having to do as much because it is stress and we need to make sure we're able to recover to get the results we want so it's 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 a constant playing around of these dials and it's just understanding that if we get caught up in what someone else is doing or following fads or whatnot we're going to be severely disappointed because Number one, when that person changes their mind or decides to do something different, where does that leave us? But at the same time, it's also this play off with um, your own recovery, your own personal recovery needs which is really, really important to take into account. But circling back to the very first point that I wanted to make with this one, which is like that failing to appreciate the work you need to do or the style of training you need to engage in or the style of eating that you need to engage in to get a result, like there's not much that can be done about that. You know, I I often hear people or women and men complaining about like, oh, I can't eat that much protein. And it's like, look, that's fine. These are the evidence-based ranges and we can go as little as x you know like 1.4 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight we can go as little as that if we go lower than that because you don't like it and you do that for months on end i'm sorry like we're not going to see the physique results that you want so that's what i'm talking about okay i'm talking about you've got to appreciate that maybe there are certain aspects of this that you don't like but if that overall result is really really important to you you have to accept that you're going to have to do those things that you don't like because you really want the result okay so it's this it's really similar to like work I'm sure there are aspects of your job that you don't enjoy you understand you still need to do those things because they make up part of your job description and what you're overall getting paid for the best analogy that I can use for this number two is attaching your worth to your looks or your scale weight this is a huge problem because what what does this create? It creates an environment where your enjoyment of the process is heavily focused on an outcome, which means that when we don't see something that we love or just say a scale weight fluctuates in a way that we don't want to see, it's going to make us really, really miserable in the process. And in order to get and sustain physique results, we're going to have to employ things consistently for long periods of time. And once we've got there, we still have to maintain it. This isn't a set and forget kind of thing when we're dealing with physique results. We have to be able to maintain processes over a certain time. And as you become more skilled, it may take less like thought or I don't want to say effort because it still requires a lot of effort over time, but the effort can feel a little bit more fun or more enjoyable because this is your lifestyle and it's something that you highly value. So I I, I really make want to make that point. 
But if we're very outcome focused and we're not seeing an outcome at a given point in time for multiple reasons, like it could be illness, it could be, you know, just random fluctuations. Like there are so many different reasons why we might not be not see an outcome on a given day. And if that is the be all and end all for us, and we're not looking at actually the lifestyle or building a lifestyle and habits that we really love and support us being the person that we know we can be. And I don't really want to venture off too much into that territory because it's pissing me off right now. But just to say that to in order to sustain and then maintain our results in the physique space, it's really important we enjoy the process because if we hate the process, it's going to make our energy sustenance or our ability to sustain our energy in this process that much harder and that much more likely that you're, you're going to give up. So I do just want to bring this back to the, the first point that I made as well. So in terms of um, failing to appreciate the work, like I've been saying, you have to be able to stay sustain everything long term and at least you know if you want to maintain results once you've got them you're still going to have to train or be you know with your nutrition or whatnot with overall lifestyle in general to maintain the results you've got okay so it is really important we think about that I was someone who had significant trouble separating my worth from my physique it it has only happened in the last six years that I've been able to do that and my focus has really shifted on, uh, I, am, I, deli- I derive a lot of, it's not so much self-worth because I've, I believe that that is inherent, it just exists. But in terms of my fulfillment and I would say more self-esteem and self-efficacy, it is engaging in life in a way where I am you know, following a, pro- a training program consistently and eating a certain way consistently. That gives me a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction and there's a lot of self-trust that is born out of following something consistently over time, even when you don't want to, even when you don't feel like it, because you can start to trust yourself that you're going to show up no matter what. And again, that can start to sound like, you know, turn the doll up a thousand, you have to be perfect and rigid. It's not, and it's come, I'm coming to my next point, but it is the sum total, right? When we look back on a year and it's like, well, you know, 80% of the time we did our, what we needed to do with our training, 80% of the time we ate what we needed to eat with our food. When we can zoom out like that you can see that it's absolutely nothing to do with being perfect but it does have to do with continuing going like there's no stopping you know and it's like maybe you have a week off maybe you have four weeks off but we don't stop you know we come back to it and so I just wanted to chuck that out there how important that is so as much as you can start to do some work whether it's reading some books or journaling or whatever you wanted to do to really start to tease out your inherent self-worth which just is like every single human being has inherent self-worth it has nothing to do with anything outside of themselves okay we all have inherent self-worth that has nothing to do with anything outside of ourselves from there how we improve our self-esteem how we improve our self-efficacy all of those kinds of things is really being able to engage in habits behaviors actions and show up and you know use our words to live into and express our values and over time being able to continually do that over time really helps us build things like like I said self-esteem self-efficacy self-trust and so that's where the real fulfillment comes I hope you can see from that example that it is completely detached from your inherent worth which exists as a human on this planet we all have it no matter what you don't need to be you know 
like quote unquote skinny to have self-worth right we all do or what what were the so I, I use skinny because when I was really struggling with this I was so I was born in 1987 and the era that I was a, a young woman in a teenager was really this like hyper skin they used to call it cocaine chic which is horrible uh, because it's you know all of the really big name supermodels just existing off drugs basically that like that's how they were getting their energy for their day so that's why I use that example you know for my teenage self I very much equated needing to be quote unquote skinny to have worthiness and like I said it took me up until 29 until I was 29 to to let that go far I was actually 30 but by the time I was 30 I had let that go finally thank goodness and it was just it was horrible so it was making all of the choices that I was making were really designed around trying to be skinny because that's where I decided that my worthiness lay. And it wasn't until I reached the point where I thought I needed to be and I saw that actually my whole world came crashing down when that happened that I realized hmm, there's something in here that didn't give me any great feeling of self-worth. Uh, I think that that was a mistake. <laughs> and so that's when I learned that it actually isn't to do with anything outside of me. It is inherent. It exists every single day, every single minute of my life. It just does and it is the same for you. So the last one is wearing your rigidity as a badge of honor, okay? So this is very relevant to all of the women I coach who are typically either continuing perfectionists or recovering perfectionists. There are a whole lot of psychological reasons why this happens, which I'm not qualified to speak on. I'm not a qualified psychologist. And I would recommend if this is really getting to you, if you know you're a very much a black, white, perfect, uh, perfectionist type thinker and it's getting in the way of you engaging in life in the way you would like to, then absolutely absolutely get the help that you need you know I see a psychologist I would love to remove do my own bit if I can with a podcast to remove the taboo that that exists and I think it's getting so much better especially in like the last five or ten years of speaking to a psychologist and you don't need to be broken you don't need to be particularly in any kind of way to just speak to someone to speak to an objective third party maybe it is even maybe a counselor or something like that but I have I spoke to my I've I see my psychologist well now I think it's every two months but there was a period there where it was you know once a month and I think there was a period I was really struggling at the start of this year with a few things and that was once a fortnight and she has been absolutely amazing Uh, but getting back to the point with rigidity so a lot of the women that I coach do hold a lot of their worth too in their ability to be rigid and to do things perfectly and very very structured and I, I want to tease this out a little bit because we're all going to have different personality types that gravitate towards wanting to do things on a sliding scale of you know very flowing and very rigid and I actually spoke about this on my mentoring page if you're a coach or a nutrition coach if you're a personal trainer or a nutrition coach and would like to see more um, business style content from me then head to Amy Louise mentoring on Instagram. But I spoke about this on there and it's the same thing with business owners, uh, which is what I see with my uh, female clients, which is we're all on a bit of a sliding scale of how structured and rigid we like things and how flowy we like things, right? And that's completely normal. That's There's nothing wrong with you with those sorts of things, right? Where it starts to get in the way is where it's eating away at your ability to make progress and to an extent, enjoy the process or at least get some kind of fulfillment out of the process. When 
when we're not doing that, that's when it becomes a problem. And sometimes this can be because of like catastrophic thinking, this all or nothing thinking, this perfectionist type mindset. So you'll know if it's a bit of a problem for you because there are plenty of people who have brains who very, very much need structure and a degree of rigidity to cope and cope cope is probably the wrong word to really engage in life in a way that they love that's a probably a much better way to describe it which is totally fine there's nothing wrong with that i am i'm the kind of person who i love quite a lot of rigidity and structure as well and i know where the balance starts to tip in favor of that hurting me rather than helping me and in terms of fitness and nutrition, it used to hurt me. And now I am able to engage in a method of structured flexibility, which is really, really supportive of me completely enjoying the process, which is which is really important. And, and I'm not saying, I also want to just chuck out there because if you're listening to this and you are quite a perfectionist or you are quite a high achiever, you may not even want things to be fun. And you might see like things being fun as maybe even like, um, you know, for not lesser people, but, you know, beneath you, (laughs) I get that too. Like, let me just say, I understand that too. So when I'm talking about fun, I'm really talking about fulfillment in the process. When we feel really fulfilled in the process, some people will like to be entertained and engage in things that they find a lot of actually fun, like playing around. And of course, that is absolutely totally fine too. I just wanted to acknowledge that the different array of listeners that I have listening. So where does this go wrong? This goes wrong when we when it starts to uh, lead to burnout, when it starts to lead, you know, in the first point I was talking about stress and recovery and our ability to recover over time. This is where we, it starts to fall down, okay? And I've had a couple of clients as well who have really pushed themselves and burnt the candle at both ends because they do, they have enjoyed a level of structure and routine, but when they've turned that up or applied some prints or applied some tools that weren't quite right, it can lead to burnout basically. And this is, again, this is what we're trying to avoid here because in order to get and maintain and potentially continue to progress, we need to be able to sustain these behaviors. Yeah. You know, people hear the word sustain and they're like, oh, that means if I want to, you know, maintain like, I don't know, like a 20% body fat or whatever as a female, well, that means I have to sustain the depths that I'm in. That's not what I'm talking about, guys. I'm talking about like sustaining the overarching principles, okay? Not those tools that we use to get certain results at particular times. I'm talking about sustaining the overarching principles, which is pretty much just consistency across the board with, you know, overall nutrition concepts and training long-term. So you need to find the balance for you between structured flexibility and YOLO and we're all going to be along you know slightly different spectrum spectrums on this but just remember we have to go back to that point number one we have to be doing the things that we need to do to get the particular result we want if we want a particular result we've got to engage in those evidence-based overarching principles over long periods of time and then sustain them over long periods of time as well yeah Within that, there are lots of different um, methods we can apply that suit different people. So I'll just give you an example of what I'm talking about with this structured flexibility. So it could be, for example, for some person, they have four training days and they need to get those four days done. One person is going to like to do them at 6 a.m. every weekday, you know, across the weekdays. And that is their routine. And they're going to continue to do that for the next five to 10 years. So that's one method. And that's not, that's not, I wouldn't say that's you know, extremely rigid, but it is rigid to an extent. It's probably up the, you know, one corner of the rigid spectrum. 
Or we could have another person who has their four training days. They complete their four training days, but they leave it pretty open and maybe they have a lifestyle where they can do it at you know different times or different days or you know whatever it may be. So you can see how they're still engaging in, they're still doing their four training sessions, but they have a little bit more flexibility in when those training sessions happen. Yeah. So I hope, I hope that helps you understand. And what, what can go wrong is when we have someone who's like, well, no, they must get done at six o'clock Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And if they don't, everything's a fucking disaster and I hate myself and I'm not good enough. And I'm obviously not cut out for this. Can you see how we can, uh, lean into this really blowing up our world and um, burning the candle at both ends when it really doesn't need to be. And so that's where wearing that rigidity as a badge of honor can get in the way. And unfortunately, sometimes we've heard of stories like this where we see on the outside someone and we're, we're so, we admire them so much because of their ability to be rigid. Because to an extent, like, I don't know about you, but if you're a semi type A, you will probably find those personalities really admirable the the personality who can pretty much act like a robot I, I actually do see it as quite admirable and like I said there are personality types that very very much thrive in that and they get a lot of fulfillment out of it there are other people who are putting that on because they're uh, attempting to draw their self-worth from that and from that label and from the way other people respond to them and unfortunately we've heard stories from those people of when they were going through it even though it looked like from the outside that they were thriving on the inside they were just it was just so against who they wanted to be and they weren't deriving the pleasure from it or the fulfillment from it that we thought so for myself that was definitely me from you know the ages of 20 to 29 people would have thought I was a fucking machine literally a fucking machine you know very regimented everything gets tracked everything gets weighed I'm at the gym you know five o'clock in the morning before, you know, going to my job as a lawyer, managing all of that, managing study as well, all of these sorts of things. And so much of it was because of how I was going to be perceived by other people. And, you know, I was really working on this badge of honor of being perfect and rigid and structured and all of those sorts of things because of the validation I was getting from others who were like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're like Wonder Woman, blah, 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 blah. And all of that sort of crap when inside, uh, you know, I was seeking my self-worth from this external validation. And it wasn't until everything blew up uh, when I was 29 that I realized, oh, (laughs) I can, you know, there's some room to move here and I can do things differently. And engaging in this structured flexibility has helped me so much. And I've been able to get a lot more achieved and I've been able to fulfill myself so much more engaging in the structured flexibility. And it just allows me as well. It allows me room to make mistakes. And if I give myself room to make mistakes, I'm going to be able to try more things. And the more things I can try, the more I can say, this isn't for me. And this is for me. And the more you do that, the more you really start to craft a life that you absolutely love to live. And for me, that includes training in a way that isn't so rigid that I have to do all of the things I was doing and it's really hilarious to me because I have much better results now I'm efficiently doing the things I need to do I'm managing my stress and my recovery and it has come to a really really lovely place you know now six years on in this having been able to have let uh, let go of that self-worth 
being identified with, you know, weighing a certain amount. Uh, it's really amazing just to see the progress that I've made in the last six years. And that's, of course, what I work with with my women as well. And I come from this unique perspective of someone who, Yes, I had the pendulum swing and really wanted to push all of this stuff away because, quote unquote, it was bad. And this was happening when I first started on the gym floor and I was really struggling even to help my new clients who wanted to engage in fat loss because I had just come out of a massive rebound and I was you know, all up in my head about like diet culture and body fat and self-worth and all of those sorts of things. I did the pendulum swing and I was kind of pushing it all away. And now I've just been able to come to a place where I'm out the other side. And I really am honestly able to see this whole process now of living into the expression of a bunch of my values, but also having a lot of fun and coming at it from a creative lens rather than I need this desperately to fulfill my self-worth. It's more like, you know, honestly, what else would I be doing with my day? And I don't mean that just in terms of training. This is even in terms of work too. If I could have the choice of doing absolutely anything I could ever want, it's this. And my psychologist had asked me that, a couple months ago now, I think I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but she really said to me, you know, well, what else would you do? Like, what else, if you could do anything, if you could change everything right this second, what else would it be? And I'm in a place with the way I train, the way I eat my food, the way I socialize and what I do for my work, none of it would change. It's literally just being able to grow into those things and experience those things. And, and it's really just experience them with the time that I have left, which we never know how long that is, right? I wouldn't want to be doing anything else differently. So it's really asking yourself that question. And I think that's a great question to leave this podcast with, but is what else, what else would you be doing? You know, is there something else you'd be doing or are you on this track where it's like, man, this is good. This feels really good. Like in terms of my fulfillment, in terms of my expression of my values, in terms of who I am, in terms of not deriving my self-worth from anything external to myself. And Hey, if you're not there yet, that's fine. Like I said, it took me until 29 to start to really question that. And it's really only been this year that I've been able to say, actually, now I'm here, like I'm here and this is everything. And this will morph and evolve and grow over whatever time I have left for sure. But it's something that if you're looking for a compass and you're looking for a guidance, it's your own. It's internal to you. It is internal to you. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this, the three biggest mistakes women make in building their dream physique. If you have resonated with it, I would super appreciate if you could share on your stories. If you really love the podcast, I would also appreciate if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the absolute world to me. Keep your eyes out for all of the things that are happening on the 26th of September, everything that is coming out. There are going to be some things that are really relevant to you listening as well, some very specific physique-related things, and they're free too, which is super, super cool. So keep your eye out for that, and I will chat to you guys next week. 